Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Sophus Elf Erbeck Larsen for the co-op shooter called Deep Rock Galactic. Think Left for Dead meets Minecraft? Yes, please. It's the first game Sophus has scored. It's a pretty great story how he got the gig in the first place, and it came after a childhood full of really cool and wonderful musical adventures. these dwarves and they're kind of Lord of the Rings dwarves you know and they're in space and they're working for this company and they're like treated like 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 you know treated very bad and um, yeah they're mining stuff in space outer space meteorites and planets and such and um, so it's like a humoristic take on space dwarfs, um, and it's a co-op shooter for for a person, a bit like Left for Dead, but but um, it has a more humoristic side to it, and it's like a bit Minecrafty as well, because it's like yeah, you're you're mining stuff. Uh, your, your purpose is to bring back yeah materials for the people you work for. And there are different classes, of course, and all that, and you go and you mine through these spaces and. Yeah, things attack it reminds you. me a bit of uh, yeah. It reminds me a bit of uh, Team Fortress Two as well, which I played when I was a little kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like the different classes reminds me of Team Fortress Two. Really. Yeah. So how did you end up getting? You know, you said they pitched it to you. So how did that all happen? I mean, it wasn't really a pitch. I'm, my uncle is called Mickey. He works uh, there. He is the I'm pretty sure he's the lead developer. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> okay, can you say the name um, of the company again, though? Because it cut out right when you said it. The name of the company is Ghost Ship Games. Oh. It's a Danish company. Okay, maybe you named him when it cut out. Did you name Yeah, him? I, I named him. Uh, he's called Mikkel. Okay, okay. Apologies. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> and uh, I, I, when I was, like, especially when I was a teenager, I'd always been bugging him, you know, at the family dinners or something like that, birthdays, you know, get me a job because I love the gaming world and, and such. And he's always been like, I can't do that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it always it always bugged me. And then uh, when he told me about the next project they were doing, I, I just figured I'll just make some music for it and then I'll just show him. And then he'll have to say yes because it's, it's going to be awesome, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, uh, I told him like, at a family birthday, I told him uh, come upstairs, and we went uh, to one of the, his uh, his rooms upstairs, and then I put on some music, and then uh, he liked it. I told him, um, listen this, listen that. Can I please make some demos, uh, and can you please consider me, like serious? And he was like, uh, we'll think about it, and then he showed it to the people at Ghost Ship Games, mm-hmm. and uh, they liked it apparently.
this was your first game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, uh, yep. I'm 25 years old and uh, nice. uh, pretty pretty new in the in the field. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Um, what a fun game to do off off the bat. Seriously. Um, yeah, sure. Miguel was the the big uh, influence on what sort of like genre of music it was going to be. So we started out like with an outline that was like something, you know. Um, synthwave 80s style that kind of and he showed me like soundtracks from uh, The Thing for example oh yeah yeah and uh, the first uh, track I did actually is an homage to The, th uh, the Thing John Carpenter What else did he show you, or were those the two main things? Were synthwave and um, the thing? He he showed me a lot of stuff actually, some Terminator stuff and um, Prince of Darkness and Dracula 2000, and yeah, we, we oh, went wow. through a lot of different different. Nice. And and the main goal was to translate those things to a synthwave 80s, you know, spacey kind of musical style. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So, and and that was the goal we set out to accomplish. Uh, um, had you done synthwave stuff before? No, I never actually done anything electronic before. It's, it was very new to me and I that's also why uh, we decided that I should work with a guy called uh, Tools. Okay. He's a very talented guy and also works um, as a sound designer in general, I think, on the on the game. So I sent a lot of the stuff, a lot of the music I sent to him, and um, and he um, he put his mark on it, and then we uh, sent it back and forth, and uh, you know, oh, cool. pushed it forward together. Yeah. So, but I I composed the music, and uh, yeah, he gave it sort of a fixer upper in a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if needed, you know. Sure. Uh, mixing it a bit, uh, mastering it, in the end, you know. Mm -hmm. Very cool guy. Very talented. Sophus, how long have you been writing music then? I think I wrote my first uh, <laughs> my first song when I was I don't know, eight years old or something on the guitar, <laughs> maybe t maybe ten years old, something like that. So, yeah, for fifteen years at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, was guitar your first instrument? Yeah, I think so. Guitar and bass simultaneously. Okay. I uh, I I started to I went to some. Uh, some guitar lessons and such, but I didn't really like it. So, and my dad, he's like a 
my dad plays a lot of instruments and uh, is edu- is an educated uh, from Copenhagen University in uh, music science. Oh. And uh, yeah, he, he sort of taught me instead in a way that I appreciated a bit more, both the guitar and bass. Sure. From there, I just I started tampering a bit with the piano because uh, we had a piano at home uh, at my dad's house. And then when I got to like, we have this thing in Denmark called Efterskol, which is like a sort of boarding school, but not really a boarding school. It's like, um, you know, boarding school has that rich kid, uh, you know, sound to it. It's not the same, but it's kind of a boarding school. You live there for a year. But at that boarding school, it was like a musical-oriented boarding school, kind of. And uh, I started playing the drums there when I was 15. Okay. And then from there, I just, yeah, I couldn't really choose one instrument. So I just chose to excel at all of them, if possible. Actually, I started out singing mostly because I was in a, a music school called the Sankt Anne, which is like a famous music school in in Denmark. When you were young, uh, you went there? Yeah, yeah. You, you go there in, uh, we call it third grade. I don't know if the same, it's the same in the US, but it's third grade. You're like, how old are you? Can't here, even remember. Eight, I mean, here eight or nine, but I don't know about you. Yeah, it's, it sounds about right. You start in the third grade and... Um, when uh, you're singing a choir there, basically, and you sing like for all the royal festivities. So when there's like a a child christening for one of the royal people's children, you sing at that or a wedding. Like I sang at the crown princess in Denmark's wedding. Wow. And their children's christenings also. And and we you go traveling to like I went to New Zealand and. Uh, yeah, we went to Russia in St. Petersburg for the reburial of uh, Queen uh, Dama. And oh, wow. yeah, stuff like that. We went all, all over the world to sing for different events. And that's where I sort of had my like theoretical uh, education also. Because you have, you have uh, yeah, you're schooled uh, four times a week in different, like both singing and, and theoretical uh, music. That's where I got most of it from, and yeah. Then when you're, uh, your voice, when you're like 12 to 14, your voice cracks as a man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and then uh, you can't be in the choir anymore, and then you're just like, yeah. I decided to go to that boarding school with that. I wanted some change of scenery as a 13-year-old. So that's where it all started, basically. And then, uh, yeah, I picked up the drums there, uh, in at my boarding school thing and ever since i've just been trying out playing in bands and been focusing on that writing songs was my main focus at the time and then i turned to composing like chronic music when they offered me the job at deep rock galactic tell me 
what it's like and maybe it wasn't maybe I'm just curious what it is like when your voice changes and you just literally can't be in the choir anymore is there any kind of you know like grieving process that happens or is it just like that's just a fact of life and you move on like or I mean it's it's both it's a bit of both because all your mates are like uh, your friends are like maybe teasing you a bit because you're you still sound like a child and stuff so in a way you're happy that you're you're growing up <laughs> but in other ways it was very sad to leave that whole experience can't get that anywhere else i think it was really fantastic years i had there i learned so much from it I mean, well yeah and i mean you sang at a royal wedding that's crazy <laughs> and all these yeah. royal i mean that's that's amazing. What a wonderful I mean, thing. I've, I mean, you don't really, um, you're not very impressed when you're a child, you know, it's like, so, so you, yep. I didn't really have, have that crazy feeling. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. I think the craziest thing uh, was when we were in Russia in St. Petersburg, sing at the, the re-funeral. Tell me what that is. I'm not familiar with the history there. There's a queen called Dama. Uh, which got married uh, in Russia. But then she was uh, buried when she died a long time ago. She was buried in Denmark. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, years later, they decided that she should be buried in, in Russia. Right. So they they reburied her. Gotcha. In, okay. in St. Petersburg. Interesting. Yeah, that was, that was a, a crazy experience for me. Um, I was, I think I was 12 years old at the time. Huh. Wow. I, I couldn't really fathom what, what was going on. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit more about the music for Deep Rock Galactic because it is really fun and uh, I, I'm kind of curious like how it operates in because the, the dungeons that you're going through and mining and um, you know shooting all these enemies they're procedurally generated so um, I just I'm just curious like how that works is is there a beginning and an end I mean obviously there is how long does a dungeon usually take you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at at the beginning, I think uh, one one level was supposed to be maybe a half an hour or something, a bit more in some cases. But they they've turned that down now, so now it's only like fifteen. Minutes, I'm pretty sure. Don't uh, I mean, I don't know that much about <laughs> about that. But, um, but the conversation went something like, you know, I should make music that that didn't have to be listened to very much, like very specifically uh, for certain things. So uh, it was loop loopable music, you know, for the back thing. So yeah. there, there was no like trigger, there's no triggers in telling the music to go somewhere else. Only when waves come with uh, enemies, for example, okay. then the music just stops. And then uh, there's a, a guy speaking, like saying a huge wave incoming or something like that. Uh, and then the new music starts. So it was very important that I made a loopable music that was like continually um, in the same vein, sort of. Yeah. Now that 
from what I understand, it's not an easy thing to do. Did you find that challenging to to find uh, tracks that could loop? Yeah, it's challenging in that way that you, you feel like you, it's very hard to go new places during the song. You mean like you can't evolve the music very much, uh, but I think we found a good way to get around that. Actually, uh, we sort of made the transitions uh, in in song uh, very nice in the end. So you know. If I wanted to go somewhere else in a track, we made it so that it, it was seamless instead of you noticing cool. very much. Because the tracks do go in a lot of a lot of places, which is fun. And yeah, yeah I, I really like. And I like how just how different the lengths are, too. Like some of these tracks are pretty long, you know? Yeah, I, I always want to make like 10, 10 minutes long songs, but I was I was told always to cut it cut them down to half the size. Because you ended up writing a lot of music. Yeah, so I, I grew up in classical in the choir and such, you know. So I I love music that has like a story to it and uh, yeah, <laughs> that that evolves, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was very important for me that I could keep that feeling in like the length. Especially the length of the song, it had had to be able to grow over like five minutes. Some of some of them, but I took I took some compromises. Some some places, you know, like I was told, this is not working out in game, and we have to cut it down. And you have to um, pick your favorite pieces and put them together. Let me tell you one of my favorites. Um, I need to get the list. The Coward's Crossing. Yeah, it has a good build-up to it. Yeah, talk to me about that. Actually, it's inspired by the first thing I made that was uh, John Carpenter inspired. Oh, cool. Uh, that's called Into the Abyss. Yep. We wanted a song that was similar to that, but had a bit more kick to it. So I just I built up the bass line in like a very... Uh, similar way but then i added um, more layers of music to it so it was like it was less simple than the first my version having more kick to it but we then decided it was to be a background track so i had to pull it down a bit but i still i still feel like you can hear that the song has a bit more kick than than a regular background song Like, what equipment did you use? Like, how did you make this music? I mean, it's almost all digital plugins and such. Yeah. 
because I hadn't, I hadn't, you know, anything available to me. I hadn't, you know, analog yeah. machines or something like that available to me. Right. So I had to go. Um, yeah, mostly I took some um, some digital plug-in machines and I tinkered with them until I got like a, a nice sounding thing. And then I just, I, I kept on trying until I was satisfied. But actually, mostly I was told to uh, to focus on the composition. And then me and Tools, we uh, we did the, the sounding, like the sounds together in the end. Oh, cool. So it was... Mostly composing, I, w- I uh, focused on. Yeah, just getting the, yeah, getting the theory of it right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you enjoy theory, music theory? I don't know. It's that's hard. Not very <laughs> much actually, because I I I, uh, I enjoy listening. I mean, I've trained. Um, for example, if I hear a song on the radio, mm-hmm. I want to be able to play that song on the guitar within five minutes. That's important. Like listening, listening to the things I like, and then mm-hmm. translating them to an instrument without using your eyes. Yep. That's always been like important to me. So theory has always have like a backseat to that, I guess. So I mostly made the, made the stuff first without thinking too much, trying to keep it simple. And then afterwards, so I've added some like theoretical things that I know uh, if, if the song needed. So yeah, I am curious what some of your favorites were then. I think, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> it's difficult because there's so many. <laughs> there are. Tw- tw- 22 s- tracks in the original. And by the way, we're releasing, I just made a couple new ones. So there's uh, being more added to the soundtrack. Oh, nice. I can't, I can't tell you more about that, but... <laughs> That's awesome. I think that that's as far as I can uh, tell you. <laughs> I, I think obviously the first one I made has uh, some. Um, I have a special connection to that. Uh, it's called Into the Abyss. First one on soundtrack. Getaway actually is one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember making it. Uh, I was sitting in. I, I just listened to some hip hop or something, and then I just decided to, I, I, w- I would like something that really kicked, you know, some something that pumped. I think that's a fun, yeah, fun song.
And I also love the the one called Principle of Darkness. Yeah. It's a pun, you know. It was uh, Miggle who named it that because we just listened to Prince of Darkness soundtrack. Nice. And, that, and then it's called <laughs> Principle of Darkness. Awesome. <laughs> Had you listened to many scores or soundtracks before he kind of said, listen to all of these? Had, had that been something you did before? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I've always been a huge fan of, uh, of especially movie movie soundtracks. Okay, yeah. Well, tell me more about that. What are some of you, who are some of your favorite film composers? I mean, it's the, the big ones are hard to avoid, you know, Hans Zimmer and, um, mm-hmm. and what's his name? John, John Williams. <laughs> that one, yeah. I all, <laughs> casually. Yeah. I always I I grew up on those, you know. Yeah. Watching movies with their soundtracks in it. Like John Williams is kind of like my childhood and then Hans Zimmer is like my teen slash adulthood soundtracks, you know. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I remember watching uh, watching uh, The Dark Knight uh, when I was yeah, uh, 16 at the time, I think, when yep. it came out. Yeah. And I was like obsessed with that movie at the time. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that has some good soundtrack. I especially love uh, the soundtrack to Interstellar, one of Christoph Nolan's, because it's it's kind of like similar world to Deep Rock Galactic in a way. I mean the the space thing, not not very similar on other accounts, but and he he used like huge organs. He went to a church in uh, in England somewhere. And he used like this huge, famous organ. I can't remember the name of it from a church. Uh, and he uh, he put microphones in the entire room, in the entire church, and he recorded that. And that sounds like amazing. I think. That's incredible sounding. some of your favorite classical composers because you said you uh like that as well so i've, I've actually i think i'm more of a back man <laughs> myself. yeah the baroque uh, era yeah yep uh I, I, I think mozart has always been a bit too it's hard i mean i hope i don't offend anyone but he's a bit a bit kind of a bit too cheesy for me much of his stuff i, uh-huh. I like his uh, darker stuff Mozart's yes. like when he went like to Don dark. Giovanni, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went to see that actually with my uh, grandfather. He, we went to see that. It was like three hours long, and I yep. remember that vividly. It was first time I, I uh, saw an opera. That's a, that's a pretty powerful one to have your first. Depending on how they handled the end, that's a, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, he. I think he he knew me well. My grand, he, he knows me well. My grandfather. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was three hours hours long and I really appreciated stuff that's in there even though I was like 11, 12, 13 years old.
There's a fun story about the last one called Ode to the Fallen. Yes. So I made this Ode to the Fallen and um, and we had a huge discussion, me and the, the, the developer Mikkel, uh, about it because he thought that it didn't really fit the game. And I kept like begging him to like, can you put it in somewhere when someone dies or something like that? And he ended up putting it in the memorial hall, which I appreciate a lot. <laughs> it's a special song to me. It means something to me. And I, I, really, I really like that it's in there in some way. And what's the memorial hall? It's a place where uh, you're in-game, where you can go. And then um, there's like special thanks to different people and, uh, and you know, all kind of testers. And the credits are in there, I'm pretty sure. I really love that, that that it's in the game, that track. That was very important to me. Because he was also right. It didn't really fit the tone of the other stuff if, if it was to be in-game. But mm -hmm. I'm glad they put it somewhere. And this game, I mean, this game has done well, right? I mean, people are loving this game, so that's why you're releasing more content and, you know. Yeah, sure, sure. People have been surprisingly positive towards the soundtrack. Well, I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I look forward to, you know, whatever comes next for you. And is there anything else you want to say, though, before I let you go for the day? Yeah, I guess I'll say, I would like to say thank you to anyone who's played the game. The people have, who have sent me like sweet messages, uh, thanks a lot for enjoying the soundtrack. I'm very grateful, and uh, I, I hope I'll be able to do more video games in the future. Thanks for listening to episode 106 of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Sophus Elf Airbeck Larson and see a playlist at patreon.com level. By the way, we interviewed Sophus based off of a tip from our Discord chat. So a big thank you to our friend Cross for the recommendation. You can join our Discord chat too, if you'd like. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, you can find out more at patreon.com level. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. What? I'm here. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com. Made possible by Adam Selvage of Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. <laughs>